When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a whole lot of worsts that your favorite baseball team would have had to address this offseason. One of them really hasn't been touched all that much. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. The Pirates 121 errors in 2022 was 17 more than any other team in Major League Baseball. Their 979 fielding percentage, not coincidentally, was also the worst. Through the first two years of Derek Shelton's tenure as manager, I very much had his back on this specific subject, even though The team itself was losing like crazy, and occasionally there'd be a Will Craig uh, epic gaffe that everyone would laugh about, and I'd say, you don't understand. You don't understand. The Pirates happen to be one of the better defensive slash fundamental teams in baseball. Ah! Except that it was true. Underscore was. Because between 2021 and 2022, This team completely fell apart defensively. And it wasn't just the Whoppers or the Laughers or Josh Van Meter for getting to put his foot on first base, even though he was playing first base. Uh, It wasn't just the injury to Roberto Perez, which did impact the defense behind the plate. It was everything. It was everything. Everybody, Kebrian Hayes, who legitimately could have gotten a gold glove based on all of the more advanced defensive metrics that exist, he committed a bunch of errors. And that's to say nothing of the more basic fundamentals, things that you're just expecting a big league lineup to be able to do, whether that's running the base paths backing guys up on throws, blah, blah, blah. None of it, none of it, none of it was any good. The closest the team came to a solid, smart-looking fundamental player overall was Brian Reynolds. And again, I say that while understanding that Key does some amazing things at third base and that key very much should have been in the conversation for gold glove. I'm going across the board here, not just fielding. This was a terrible team in that regard. So again, one would think that just as Ben Charrington has spoken of the need to improve upon the worst offense we've ever seen in our lives, that maybe there'd be a similar push for the worst defense. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street 
from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. They have gotten better defensively. They have this offseason. I wouldn't doubt that for a second. When I look at the changes that were made at first base alone, where so much of this team's uh, bad juju occurred, I mentioned Van Meter, but it was a lot of different guys. And unless you had Michael Chavis out there, you were pretty much a train wreck at first base. And Chavis, not a big dude, didn't necessarily fit the profile that you'd want over there in the longer term, but he could field the position. Everyone else, Yoshi Tetsugo, right down the line, just just the worst. But since then, to his credit, Charrington's added G-Man Choi, who might be the best defensive first baseman or certainly one of the top two or three in all of Major League Baseball. Also added Carlos Santana, another very, very good glove over there. If the two of them end up platooning, you're going to have a good glove at the position regardless. And that's nice considering the caliber of some of the throws they're likely going to see. And behind the plate, Austin Hedges was added. And here again, we're talking about someone who might be the best defensive catcher in all of Major League Baseball. If not, he's top two or three. Hats off. Hats off on those counts. I'll go at their offense on another episode. But for this one where I'm talking about defense, hats off. Unfortunately, that's pretty much it. Because as you work your way around the rest of the diamond you'll see that second base, shortstop, third base, everywhere else is pretty much the same. We'll see how the outfield shakes out. And we'll see, for that matter, if Reynolds is even back to include him in this equation. While it's reasonable, I think, to expect improvement in the middle infield, mostly because you're going to see O'Neill Cruz just be more experienced and, and wiser in terms of how he handles the position, but also because Rodolfo Castro seems to be a pretty quick learner. And I honestly don't expect Key to be making a bunch of errors this year as he did last year. But it's not going to be a great defensive outfield. It'll probably be a slightly lesser one when you consider the amount of time that Ben Gamble spent diving and sliding and doing all his other things out there. And yes, I know he didn't always have to dive and slide, but I'm just throwing it in there anyway, because occasionally he would save you a run or two. This improvement, just talking about defense here, is it's going to be there, but it's not going to be significant. So if the Pirates were the 30th team in almost every defensive category this past season, they might improve to what? 25, 22, 20 at the very best? It's not going to be much. And if you want to know the truth, I wouldn't really care if they could hit, but they can't. And when we come back, J1Q...
usual, J1K, I want to read some feedback that I got to yesterday's episode that focused on Rodolfo Castro at second base and whether or not he can or should stick at the position as a starter. I expressed mostly, mostly skepticism, and Tony came back with, as long as he has a good attitude and a work ethic, give the kid a full season. Lewis says, just let him play, and that swing will work itself out. He hammers left-handed pitching. Mike says, I haven't been sold on Castro as a starter now or long-term. I see him as a bench bat with some pop. Occasionally starts at second, third, short, possibly first base down the line. That said, I think he could be a productive player in that role. I'd rather see Jihuan Bay or Tucapita Marcano at second base until Nick Gonzalez is ready. I also had a couple people express some pretty strong cynicism about Gonzalez, given his volume of strikeouts in the minors. I think the one thing we all can agree upon is that we have no idea who the second baseman of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club is at the moment. We have no idea who it'll be by the middle of the coming summer. We have absolutely no idea who it'll be in 2024. That, in and of itself, seems interesting. The fact that Termar Johnson is almost certainly the highest ceiling player in the entire organization adds to that interest. And if it doesn't right away, and it probably shouldn't right away, it will before long because most people see him as a kid who's going to be fast-tracked to a degree, not forced, but based on his own merit, based on his own talent. But right now, there isn't a second baseman. And that was kind of my main point yesterday was that Castro isn't the guy that you say, wow, how are they ever going to bump him from this? Yes, he does have some pop. And yes, by the way, just to address one of the points that was brought up there, he is a kid of character. This whole cell phone thing in Phoenix ended up getting, this is another case, and I referenced this in the opening segment, of the pirates getting blown up just because they're the pirates. That could have happened to absolutely anyone. They're all on their phones in the clubhouse. And if the phone happens to slip into your pocket and you're not aware of it, and geez, you know, he ends up getting killed for it and uh, suspended for it. Not by the team, but by Major League Baseball. So there, there's just all kinds of clouds and so forth. And Castro's part of that. And I understand that he's going to be first in line. I respect that. I'm as open-minded as anyone if he ends up being a guy that just says, you know what, all the rest of you, get out of here. This is my position. I'm going to hit my way into keeping this job. I'm going to field my way into keeping this job. If he does that, that is not exactly a bad outcome. Those are the good problems you want to have if you look back at the original Charrington plan, which was to flood the system with all kinds of talent and have competition dictate who would rise above. This is perfect for that. I appreciate the questions. They weren't really questions or whatever, but I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do another one tomorrow. Mm-hmm.